0: It is officially recording. Hello, and welcome to Sad Town. Remember a while back when we mentioned Sad Town? Well, yeah, that's here today. So, due to the nature of things, just things, we didn't get to Sad Town then, but now we're here. So, yeah, moving on. You have any... I don't remember
1: going to Sad Town. I don't remember the thought of going to Sad Town.
0: Okay, so after Portland Torso Murder, we talked about it because I had scheduled this to be the next one. And then... We had some cases that we were just like, no, we got to get these ones. We wanted to do them more than this. So then we just moved this down,
1: and now we're here. We didn't just, like, underplay this case. This is a crazy case.
0: It is a crazy case, but we'll get to it when you get to your disclaimer. There's, like, a reason why I was okay pushing it out. Well, yeah. Because it's not, like, a, a case that I'm, like, super comfortable with, but at the same time, like, it's crazy, but it's super sad. Yeah. yeah. I like this case. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to another episode. We are sisters from the Pacific Northwest, and every Thursday, we're here to give you the details of a crime that you may already know and discuss our thoughts and opinions. Like you, we're completely obsessed with true crime, but not in a morbid way, and we too realize that many criminals find the Pacific Northwest is the perfect place to make their twisted fantasies a reality. We are not professionals by any means, but rather crime enthusiasts. So, yeah, with that, let's get started. Oh, wait, wait, before you do your disclaimer, do you think we should ever, like, say who we are? Like, in the intro? Like, hi, I'm Taylor. You can be like, hi, I'm Tristan. We we never do that. So, like, unless you know who we are, what if you don't know who we are?
1: Well, then you should be a better fan. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So, with that, let's get started. Disclaimer, today's episode contains murder, a missing person, abuse, and a creepy AF father-in-law. Yeah.
0: Okay. So before we jump in this case, like I said, this is one that I have definitely wanted to do for sure. And honestly, I didn't know that there was a connection to the Pacific Northwest, so I was just excited we got to cover it. Because although the crime itself does not take place here in Oregon, it has enough to qualify for a Crooked Crime Sisters episode.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think I remember, I don't know why, but I remember watching this episode and I watched it on a YouTube video, like a YouTuber did this episode. So I didn't like, no,
0: I didn't watch her. Oh, she has one too. That's what I watched. I watched Bella. Oh, Bella. Bella. I love Bella.
1: Okay. Anyway, so that's what I was saying. A girl in Australia did this case. That's why I was like, yeah. I had no idea, like, it really connected to the Pacific Northwest either. Because I feel like we, we kind of know all the big cases yeah. in the Pacific Northwest. Like, come on.
0: But this one, we're just going to make it work. We're going to make it work. Yeah. I Well, and I just feel like I just would like to clarify that we know, like, all the big cases in general. So, like, on top of the fact that we know all the ones in the Pacific Northwest, I feel like we really, like, there's not a case that someone brings up to either of us that we're like, oh, I've never heard of that. I mean, I
1: do. I'm just tooting our own horn right now. I, I do shed a single tear and, you know, pull or pour one out for whatever, for the cases that we will not be able to oh, put on our Pacific Northwest podcast because, yes, because there they, are some are
0: still so 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 good. They are, and then there's cases like these where, like, it specifically didn't happen, like, in Oregon, but it for sure took place in the Pacific Northwest. So we're totally taking it. Yeah, and I think we're thieves, and you can call it thievery, but we're definitely doing stuff in Alaska. I don't care what anybody says. That's Pacific Northwest. I don't care. You I can mean, disagree.
1: I'm telling you, i do doing in Canada too. So
0: yeah, exactly. So it's our podcast. If you don't like it, go away. But there's many. But, yeah, there's so many. There's so many. Or even in California. Like, how far is too far south in California? (laughs) Because I would love to cover the Scott Peterson one, but I feel like that one is still too far south for us. Yeah. But, you know. That Patreon. Just, just wait. We're going <laughs> to yeah. start
1: a Patreon and there's literally going to, we're just going to like come out with like, F. we're going to like, yeah, this is once a week. Patreon's going to be like three times a week because there's going <laughs> to be so many <laughs> cases so that many we're going to want to do.
0: And there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's crime networks. So we're never going to run out of cases to cover, ever. Dude, that's just the
1: ones that are on my heart and they're forever on my heart. And I think there's really not any in Oregon and Pacific Northwest that are on my heart. That I care about. Not like saying I don't care about them. (laughs) Sorry, that was really rude. But they're not like as crazy of like, this kills me. Like this case, literally, like I will never forget it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, I totally know what you're talking about. Anyway. All right. So today's crime initially takes place in the year 2009. So you are graduated. You were 10. So here's what's going down in the world at this time. First of all, swine flu. Y'all remember that? I remember that. I have so much that I really want to say and like plug my personal opinion on everything that's happening right now in comparisons to COVID, but I'm just not even going to go there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, (laughs) I wrote like the next case I'm working on is actually during the same time. So I remember I wrote the swine flu as like, a big thing. Yeah, a big thing happening in the case. Because we were
0: freaking out about it. Everybody was losing their minds, but well, it was nothing in yeah. comparison to the crazy that's going well, on that like says, right now. Well,
1: COVID is like a boss level. I think that's what I wrote in my yeah. podcast. Like We are now on the
0: boss level of yeah. flu pandemics. Yeah. But next up, this is the thing that just defines the year. Michael Jackson. 2009 was the year that we lost Michael Jackson. And I can tell you, I remember the day. I remember when it happened. I remember exactly where I was. I literally sat down and I cried because we lost the king. And I don't know if anything else really needs to be mentioned about the year because that definitely just, that takes the cake. Where were you exactly? Do you, Where were you? I was in Madras, Oregon, sitting on someone's front porch when I found out. And I literally sat down and cried. And I called Aunt Karen and
1: I'm we so cried dramatic. together.
0: Yeah. We cried together.
1: I know exactly where I was, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, whatever. How dramatic? Where were you?
1: I was at um, our mother's ex-boyfriend's mother's house. Oh, in Pasadena. Yeah. I was there. I remember watching the news. And then, fun fact, I remember, because he was supposed to have a tour. Yeah. And I went with my mom's boyfriend to go get the tickets, because they were oh, handing out tickets, and you literally oh, just had to pull-up in line. Yeah, you so went with him? He oh. ha- I don't know if he has the tickets, or yeah. if mom has the tickets someone, someone has a. has the ticket and, and the bracelets. i think it's been like a mystery in our family but i would just like to say i was in the presence of those last tickets tickets michael jackson tickets the tour that never happened it was it was this is it yeah this is it torn mm-hmm. yep yeah i was in the presence of them
0: yeah
1: i don't know where they're at couldn't tell you and i even remember being like interviewed on the news Oh, seriously? I don't think they, like, because they probably interviewed a bunch of people. I don't think it was, like, actually on the news. But I remember a news reporter, like, talking to him. Yeah. And, like, I don't, I didn't say anything. I was, again, I was 10, so I was like, yeah. here I am. But, yeah,
0: so just a little sweet fact. Nice. But, yeah. All right. Well, see, that was exciting and fun to talk about. Now we have to talk about something awful. All right. Well, it's heartbreaking. We don't know where the tickets are Yeah, it is. That's true. They're probably worth a lot now. Yeah. Anyway, put them in a shadow box. So December 6th, 2009, meet the Powell family. Josh is married to his wife, Susan, and together they have two boys. Susan is 28 years old, and on that day, she went and attended church with her boys, and then she walked home with a friend. Later on, a neighbor comes over. They have breakfast for dinner. Love that. She leaves after they eat, and then Susan's like, "Yeah, I'm tired," so she goes to lay down. But Josh plans to take the boys out sledding. Eight thirty p.m., a witness sees Josh return home and pull into the garage. Okay, quick question: Where are they Uh, at this time in Utah?
1: Okay, so it's like December sixth, and they're going sledding in Oregon. No, it's Utah, so they are in Utah. Possible, but. Not really possible. Yeah. (laughs) Let's be real. And second, I love, the. I know we talk about this all the time, but like the best part is like they
0: had breakfast for dinner. You know what?
1: Because it's 2009. We know these facts.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. People have actually like held on to those facts. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like a case in 1945 where we're like. They could have had breakfast for dinner. We we don't don't know. know. We don't know where they were. We don't know where they went. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Interesting. Anyway. Okay. So moving on. I'm going to go on a side tangent, and I'm going to ask a question. Now, as an avid camper, when would you say is the best time to go camping? Because I'm going to go out on a limb, only because I am too familiar with camping. that the best time is most certainly not to go at midnight, right? Especially when you're taking your ages two to four children with you. Am I right?
1: I mean, yeah. I I mean, I don't know. Yeah, if you're a parent and you have kids. You're not going to leave and go camping at midnight. You're yeah. just not. Like, that's weird. But as a dumb 21-year-old and my boyfriend and his group of friends, that literally one of them, like, lived and camped for a whole year, <laughs> we would do that. Yeah. But, no, not with kids.
0: And especially in December in Utah. Oh, and it's 25 miles away. Like, that seems... Okay, just- yeah. No, no, no. I don't camp in Colorado. Yeah. I mean, that just all around sounds suspicious, right? That's what I'm getting to. The point I'm trying to get to is this is all pretty suspicious activity, right?
1: Okay, yeah, no, I wouldn't camp in cold weather. That's not me. I'd literally cry, cry myself to sleep. Yeah, (laughs) But I know Tanner and his fishing friends sleep in hammocks over beds of coals while they're camping in the snow. What? (laughs) Straight up. Uh, Okay, weirdos. (laughs) So, I mean, it's possible. Is it
0: possible? Yes. Plausible? Yes. With a two and four year old? No. No. Leaving at midnight, going camping seems a little strange. I'm just saying on my, t- you're asking really the wrong person <laughs> I here, I mean, obviously. Okay. Hi. I'm a mother of four. <laughs> I ask would yourself. <laughs> Never, never go camping for one night, leaving at midnight when I have work the next day. That's just weird it to drive a, 25 Sunday, miles away. Right? It was Sunday night, yeah. Because huh. church, she went to church. So we know that she went to church. He came home at 8:30. Within between the times of 8:30 and midnight, decides he's gonna take the boys camping. This is weird. Just it's weird. So the next day, around 9 to 10 a.m., the child care provider notices that the boys never made it to the care center. Someone attempts to call the family and cannot reach Josh nor can they reach Susan, so they call the family emergency contacts and it's discovered that the Powell family is actually nowhere to be found. Also, Susan failed up to failed to show up to work and she was a trained co- cosmetologist but at the time she worked at Wells Fargo.
1: So that's like really super sus obviously. So everyone is missing. Yeah. And I'm assuming the dad never told anyone that
0: like him and the kids were going camping. Right? Okay, so just to recap, just to make sure we're not having any like crazy, like let's clarify. So they it's Sunday morning, she goes to church with the boys, they come home, they have breakfast for dinner, he takes the kids sledding, and then they come back and decide to go camping in the middle of the night. The next day And they leave the
1: mom at home.
0: Yes. The police are called, and they break into the house where they find a wet spot on the carpet with two giant fans pointed at that spot.
1: You, <laughs> <Ew. laughs> I don't like that. That's weird. Right?
0: So that evening, Josh returns home with his boys around 5 or 6 p.m., but Susan is definitely not with them. He is then taken down to the police station to be questioned, obviously. The following day, he's questioned again, but this time, he makes a call to his father-in-law, and he states that Susan, which is his daughter, is missing and that he, Josh, is being questioned. He, I am sure, claims that he has no idea where the wife is.
1: Wait, so he's like, my wife's missing, but he's whining about being questioned? Yeah, pretty much. I hate people that do that. (laughs) Like... (laughs) like. Not to be weird, but I feel like if my significant other was missing, I'd want the police to question me. Yeah. And then literally every other person in the world till they find out who did it, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't get why people get offended when they're questioned by the police. So, like, why are you so upset
0: unless you have something to hide? Right? Exactly. Like, that's exactly what you said. Like, if something happens, you're going to be questioned. That That's step one. Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess I'd be annoyed if it was, like, they took like three days to question me, and I was the only person. To be like, yeah, sir, move on. It's not me. Pick someone else. Like, I'd be annoyed if like they're wasting
0: time. But, but an an initial questioning, yeah, that's yeah. part of that's protocol, sir. Yeah, that's like, and it's more of like if she's missing, they need to figure out what
1: what could have happened. Yeah, and you're the you're her husband. You know exactly what she would do. Uh, you live with her. Yeah, if you knew she like oh she could have went on a run like if I wouldn't know that you know. His, yeah. Her parents may have not known that, but like, oh, she started running, and then maybe she disappeared. I
0: don't know. Anyway. Yeah, it's just down. So, by the 9th of December, a warrant was issued, and the police enter the home of the Powell family, and some items are taken. They take boxes, bags, and a computer. One article claimed that there were traces of Susan's blood in the home, along with a will and a note that stated if she were to go missing, it may not be accident, even if it looks like it. Okay, What? That is like a huge red flag. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they head out to the camping area and they check, but sadly they find nothing, but they do make note that A, it's literal blizzard conditions and B, it doesn't even look like there was any sign that Josh or his kids camped there and C, he left at midnight with work the next morning and D, he also claimed that it was Sunday, not Monday. So, he didn't tell his boss that he wouldn't be coming in that day. Like, he thought he left, like, on a Saturday night to Sunday, mm-hmm. not it was Sunday to Monday. Which, we'll get into this in a second, but your wife went to church. Church is, church is Sunday, sir. Church is on Sunday. Yeah,
1: I don't know if he's, I mean,
0: benefit of the doubt,
1: lots of boys love them. They're very clueless. Sometimes. They're not really all there. Yeah, But I don't know how they would maybe would miss the fact that, like, oh, my wife went to church. It's Sunday.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So at this point, we have a missing mother, a grieving father with two young children, and the family is concerned, along with the church community that they belong to, which is the LDS church. So this is why I'm kind of, like, pointing back at Josh and being like, hey, bud, you're part of the church. You're you part of the day church. Day you is. want to tell me you don't know what, part, what day Sunday is? Did he not like, go to church? Or did he go to church? I don't think he went, but his family did. So, again, sure, sure, Josh, you can say, yeah, I didn't know what day it was, but I don't believe him. Mm-hmm. So, they hold a vigil in which Josh doesn't speak, but he hands out flyers of his missing wife that night at the NBA game somewhere between the 9th and the 14th. So, they're in Utah, so they go to, like, the Utah Jazz or whatever. Josh decides that it's time to get himself an attorney. Now, before anyone jumps the gun and assumes that that's associated with his guilt... Let me just say that we all know that the spouse is always the first suspect. So if it were me, I would have gotten a lawyer too. Like I'm not saying I wouldn't have gotten a lawyer. It's wise for him to have himself like protective. However, he definitely looks super sus when he skips out on his third interview with police, but he does submit to a DNA swab.
1: Yeah, I agree. No matter what, the spouse is always looked at, but usually the spouse is like all hands on deck with trying to find their partner, right? Also, this just came to mind. How do they test like spouse? Like, of course, you have their DNA on you. Yeah, you got hair. I, my hair is literally in Tanner's beard every single day. <laughs> <in bed laughs> I know yeah. how it happens, but he'll pull like you know. Yeah. So Like, how do they get past that? I don't know.
0: I honestly don't know. One day, we are going to have a discussion with some cops, just because let's get these clarifying questions out of the way so that we're educated. Yeah.
1: If I murdered my boyfriend, (laughs) but you found hair in his beard, could I say, there's always hair
0: in his beard? Is that a way to get out? That's a good question. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, being that it was just before the Christmas holiday, Josh actually returns to his hometown of... Washington and you know what I totally text Ken and I asked her to like help me pronounce it and she told me but that was a long time ago so
1: yeah she texted me after the I know she laughs
0: at us when we pronounce things wrong Sequoia. it's a
1: warehouser that's I can't even pronounce the stupid name right warehouser case
0: so the boys actually go with their dad and they go stay with their grandpa in Washington now they hold vigils in both Washington and Utah and they continue to talk to the community and continue the search Okay, so
1: I understand now that's Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So now they're in Washington. Yes. But the crime happened in Utah. Well, the, the crime is not a crime.
0: The missing, the missing person. Yeah, is, Susan is missing from Utah. Utah. I see so that. Josh was obviously from Washington, like I just said, but the two were actually married at the temple here in Portland. Which is really like like us, we go, but whatever, same thing. And our story isn't over yet, so there's so much more to come. So yes, Susan is a missing person from Utah, but the both of them are actually from up in this area, and they got married here. Did they? No. So just <laughs> so Josh was actually born in 1976 to his parents, one of which I will say is pretty relevant in the case, and his name is Stephen. Now, it's said that this was a dysfunctional family and that his mom filed for divorce around the time that Josh was 16. This was super detrimental to Josh, who took it really, really hard. Josh's dad, Stephen, was the type of father that seemed dissatisfied with the LDS church, and he enjoyed sharing his porn addiction with his teenage sons. (laughs) So he was definitely like, they grew up LDS, but daddy was like, nah, let's go look at this together.
1: What the heck? Yeah. That that was, like, literally from right field, like, left field, whatever this thing is. Like, I was not expecting that
0: to come. Okay. So, to make matters worse, um, Josh also killed his sister's pet gerbils, and he threatened his mom with a knife and also attempted suicide all around this time, like, growing up and from, like, the time that his parents... Got divorced, so I'm just laying out the work that, like, homies disturbed in,
1: yeah. Well, I feel like there should be a rule. If you acted like this, you should be on, like, you know, the FBI's watch list. Right? Like, this is honestly the makings of a psychopath, as yeah. we all know.
0: I know. Happy face killer, he told us. Like, this is how you do it. So, anyways, by the time eight Josh turns 18, he moves to Seattle, and he went to the University of Washington he had a girlfriend there and the two of them moved in together and she was said to view Josh as very a very possessive person. And I quote, he would have restrictions and limitations on what I could and couldn't do and when it came to my family. Oh. And I quote, he would have restrictions and limitations on what I could and couldn't do when it came to my family. She later recalled, if I was going to visit them, he had to come too. I couldn't go by myself end quote finally in my opinion she was smart and she went to uh go visit someone in utah and she never returned and she broke up with him over the phone
1: honestly that's like a brutal (laughs) way to break up with someone but seems like it was the only like way to get him to leave her alone was like get out of there
0: yeah exactly
1: also sketch that like he ended up living in utah do you think he like followed her Dude, I don't even know. I didn't think about that <laughs> until you asked that question. And then, like, you I wouldn't be surprised. But then he got married here. Yeah. So, so, I don't know. Still after that one girl. Yeah. With a wife so, and kids. Let's all move to Utah to go find her. Like,
0: ugh, creepy. Well, okay, here. So, listen up. So, not too much later, Josh meets Susan. They start their relationship. And, like I said earlier, they married at the temple here. Now, for some time after the wedding, it was said that Josh and Susan actually lived with Josh's dad, Steven. Remember the creep who showed porn to his kids? Yeah, that one. So it's in this time, Susan finds out the hard way that Steven is even weirder and more disturbing than, like, she bargained for. Like, he's a super creep obsessed with following her and recording her most of the time without her knowledge.
1: That's so gross. And she has to, like, live with him?
0: Yeah, exactly. And it just gets weirder. So this guy actually stole her chonies from the laundry, read her journals, and even wrote some lame love song about her and posted them on websites anonymously. Like it was actually out there on the internet. You said chonies. (laughs) Everybody says chonies in this family. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know who we got it from, but. Well, you
1: need to specify what chonies
0: are. Underwear. For those of you who don't know. Anyway, so Steven stole her underwear. Blip. Chonies. Chomies. <laughs> okay, so then, because it wasn't already bad enough, this psycho decides that he's going to confess his love for his own son's wife, and she denies him, okay. and is like, what? Ew. And then all of this was actually, like, recorded.
1: That is actually so funny. He, like, recorded his confession of love to her and the rejection. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> – what a- solid rejection yeah what did he think was like gonna happen
1: let's just obviously thought it was gonna end well if he recorded it he's like i'm gonna record this and we can we watch it every year on yeah, our wedding like anniversary so or something weird. weird like what you're
0: is- the dad like ugh. <laughs> it's so gross so thankfully josh and susan move away because dang who the heck is gonna stay in that situation oh yeah no one and real talk like What would you do? Oh, my god. What would you do? I don't know. I'd
1: leave. Like, peace out to my husband.
0: But that's, like, after already all the creepy stuff had been happening. Like, this was just, like, broke the camel's back kind of thing. He was already stealing her underwear, recording her, like, making weird advances and passes at her. Like, super uncomfortable stuff. The worst thing is, like, about in-laws. They're, like, there forever. You can't, like... Yeah. I mean, you could, but... You totally can, but... I don't know.
1: Obviously... Yeah, I don't know. We know. I do. We know the dynamic after that situation with like, did they ever visit the dad?
0: Oh, I don't know. I I don't know necessarily. He's close enough to like
1: take him. Well, I mean, I guess. We, yeah. But like you know, take the kids back to like, pull pull up
0: whatever. Pull, pull all up. Pull all
1: up. Pull pull, pull Yeah, I know. <laughs> but so- you know what I mean, like.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Well, the
1: kids weren't even born at this point. So – No, I mean in the, like now he took the kids back to Washington yeah. after she went missing to, and they stayed yeah. with the dad. So like he's close enough to him to do yeah, that. Like his guess... kids hang out with him.
0: Well, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. It It doesn't seem like Josh was really that concerned about it, which is just disgusting and disturbing on a whole different level. Yeah. Like Susan had these issues and Josh was kind of like, yeah, that's wrong, but okay – yeah, exactly. So back up. Um, they um, they end up moving outside of Salt Lake City. And two years after the incident, which took place in 2003, they have their first son. So in 2005, and then the second son in 2007. Also super gross. But yeah, he like totally stays in touch with his dad and continues his relationship. Like, okay. So he died. Da- mm. Yeah. So, logically, Susan probably really isn't happy about it, which, yeah, girl, same. It's not even me, and I'm uncomfortable with it. But she seemed to be, like, a really avid writer and in her journal where she shared her discontent with her marriage and his relationship that he had with his dad. The fact that he didn't even attend church is among other things, but things like finances. And even Susan's friends would say how controlling, like, Josh was. First off, props to Susan, cause like
1: journaling is literally like one of the hardest things in the world. I don't know how people do it. I wish I could do it. Like I wish I I wish I had something important to journal about in my life. But I don't I I've tried and I'm, like, well, I literally have nothing to say.
0: <laughs> it's not even how journaling is though. Like what is journaling? I journal all the time. Like you just talk for okay, so for me, like a new way that I've been journaling is like when something happens and something bad happens or I have something I need to say, but I don't want to say it to that person. I will go write it in my journal. Yeah. I don't have those problems. So that like, at least I'm like getting it off my chest, but the Bible says, scripture says that a fool runs their mouth, but a wise person knows when to stay quiet. So I'm working on not running my mouth because I'm really good at running my mouth. So in those kind of things. And it's not like every person who journals is like writing about, you know, Great Gatsby parties. It's like you just journal about your life. Like, hey. I
1: have nothing to say. I mean, I
0: like when I don't write like Dear Diary. Like I write to Jesus, obviously. So it's one of those things. (laughs) Well. Call me a
1: fool, because I ain't journaling. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyways. Back to the story. And obviously, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I guess it's nice, so that she did journal, because now we have, like, actual, like, straight-up yeah. evidence that, like, her marriage was weird. Her husband was weird.
0: Yeah. Her husband's great. dad
1: was weirder <laughs> than weird, yeah. you
0: know? Well, and honestly, like, when I remember when I was taking – college classes and stuff like that like a lot of times like some people wouldn't become famous for like their writings or their paintings or anything until like after they were dead but a lot of those people kept journals so you Mm -hmm. got to know like who they were because of their journals oh my gosh
1: yeah that just reminds me of my favorite show
0: Are you ready? Yeah.
1: I literally screamed the other day because it was on. Because me and Tanner were like, you know, looking through channels and he was like, oh my God, dude, I need to believe
0: you. What is it? Antique Roadshow. Oh.
1: oh my God, the people are always like, they're like, oh yeah, they're super poor and then their paintings were good and they sold this one for 20 cents. And now
0: yeah. they're dead and it's worth like 30 grand. Exactly, so you need to start journaling because maybe we're not gonna be famous now, but when we're dead, We'll be super famous, and everybody's going to know everything about me, and they're not going to know anything about you. (laughs) Who was Tristan? Well, she said she didn't like journaling. (laughs) So. And that's that. (laughs) You know what? Maybe the podcast could be your journal. Like, just you speak your mind. I do say lots on the podcast. Yeah. It's a good way to, like, get your energy and your feelings out. Anyways. Let's go back into the crime. So it's July of 2008, so a whole year before uh, Susan goes missing. She actually made a video that to this day like still baffles me, and I've watched it. I was like, have you watched I've never watched the video. you never watched <laughs> the <should>. video? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, well, knowing everything that happens, like it's so – it's like, <laughs> ugh. It's ooky. I don't like it. But anyway, she creates this video where she goes through her entire house, and she does, like, an inventory, like – oh, uh, if we die or if something happens to us kind of thing. And she, like, repeatedly kind of says that throughout the video. Mind you, this is a year before she dies. A year – she doesn't die. A year before she goes missing. We still to this day have no idea what happened to her. But I don't know. I've heard people give opinions on, like, why they think it's normal or how it could be normal. But to me, I just think it's freaking weird.
1: Wait, what's the excuse of it being normal?
0: To To have, like, an inventory of your stuff, like – should something happen to you should you have a brain aneurysm or get in a car crash or something but it's like she's walking through and she's like okay here's all of josh's stuff here's our stereo system like i mean the the only thing she doesn't really go through is like her kitchen to say like here's our plates but like she walks through her whole house and is like telling you oh here's all my jewelry here's all his tools here's all these things and it's just it's just odd to me like it's super weird that does sound weird. <laughs> right? Um, but you can watch it. Like, I don't know. Find it on YouTube. Like, I've watched pieces of it. I don't think I've seen, like, the entire thing. But, like, someone obviously found it and uploaded it. And, yeah. It's just weird. The OG vlog.
1: Yeah. I've never – yeah, I've heard of the video. Never seen the video. Um, I think it's it, it is obviously weird. Yeah. Uh, and a whole year before she went missing.
0: Yeah, in July of 2008. So literally over a year before she went missing. You know,
1: I'm just going to Elliot Ness this, you know? Okay. Um, oh, it's Ness. I said Ness. Whatever. Well, yeah. Same thing. Um, my guess is that Josh was an active journalist also. And she read his journal. And then she found out. And she knew she was going to die. That's my guess. Plausible.
0: And he probably burned the journal. Ooh. Maybe.
1: Ooh, that foreshadows something.
0: But it foreshadows things that I don't even think you realize, too. What do you mean? Like, there's something else. But anyways, so it's no. in this time, she creates a secret will, and she makes the note that says, like, if she dies, it might not be by accident. Now, I'm just saying, you don't write stuff like that if you aren't having some sliver of concern that something might happen, right? Like I know. It's like I have life insurance at you have 21. Have, <laughs> you have life insurance? I have, life, I have insurance. life insurance. <laughs> just in case something happens. Yes. a sliver of concern i don't
1: I mean, know what <laughs> no but do you
0: remember when you first started dating tanner and i was always like give me your location tell me where you are so if he takes you into the woods i know where to find your body you know what you told me a hundred percent
1: i was like i don't remember what exactly i said i like asked him like when do you like no like you know whatever that you're in love with me or something dumb like that and he's like i think that's the time that we went up to the woods and you like trusted me to go up to the woods and go <laughs> shoot <laughs> with me all by
0: yourself <laughs> Right? Because he's like, honestly. I was <laughs> petrified that you went. I was I remember being so scared and I was telling everybody, I was like, Tristan's going out into the middle of the woods with this boy. We don't know who he is. We don't know where they're going. I made her send me her location. Like I was freaking out because my first was thought was he's gonna murder her in the woods and bury her body. I tell him all the time, I'm still waiting for it.
1: I mean, <laughs> we've gone out shooting multiple times now, and I'm always like, I feel like he would have done it by now. So
0: who knows? Who knows? We'll find out. I mean, I do like- Good thing I, I got a life insurance. I do like Tanner, and I think he's trustworthy. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's still in the very back of my mind. Like, it's still a possibility. Sorry. God. Maybe once you guys are married, like, I'll be okay with it. But, or maybe it'll be worse once you guys are married, because then you'll be married. <gasps> anyway. Secret wells. Let's I'll jump back you. into the- So, it's now 2010, right? The holidays have passed. There's still no sign of Susan. By the way, during the week of Christmas, the police made Josh a person of interest. I mean, and now that you know the background of this dude, it makes sense, right? I I totally agree. Um, He should
1: have been a person of interest many years ago before this even happened, when he killed that
0: gerbil. So, and to add to the suspicion of the family, um, he just decided to up and move to Washington. Um, What? Like what? Are That's you kind serious? Of messed up, actually. Like your wife went that. missing a month ago, and you decide, <laughs> eh, let's just wash our hands of this place. Let's get back where we belong. That's like, kind what? of
1: jacked up. Because like, if you thought like, okay, my wife's like
0: still out there,
1: you yeah. want to stay in Utah, like where she's at. Like she got went missing from Utah, right? Your hopes are she's not far away from Utah. Because if you <laughs>
0: didn't do it, and she does come home, yeah. and her whole entire life is gone, like what is your problem? This this guy, I have
1: i mean there's literally one other thing he could have done just to make it 10 times worse is like get a new lady which i think like, he gets a new lady right he no, doesn't have I don't a girlfriend so. i Dang. mean it's not mentioned but but dude that would have been like the icing on the cake of like the worst yeah. things you could do after your wife goes missing yeah. but that is super sketch that he moved
0: Well, and it's also said that Josh was fired from his job, which is why he had to move. And so he returns to Utah so he can clean up the house and rent it out. And at that time, the police decide that they're going to search his vehicle, which just here's the thing. Like, why did you get fired from your job? Because if 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 the if your job place actively knows that, like, your wife is missing, wouldn't you feel like they give you some sympathy? Yeah. Or or just throwing this out here. Maybe they know you. And maybe they're like, mm. we think it's you.
1: <laughs> we don't want to be tied we don't to want you at associated all. with
0: you. Yeah. That makes sense. What too. if they don't trust him? Uh, hmm. So here is where the huge family begins. A huge feud with the family begins. So the Powell family is still super involved, right? While the Cox family, which is Susan's parent, Susan's parents, they start to make note and they announce the reality of the relationship and how it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows and how Josh is like pretty much a super sketchy dude.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, this is actually, like, I'm here for the drama. So yeah. the Powell family's like, oh, we're going to find Susan. Yeah. Josh is innocent, and he's looking for her. Yeah. And then, the like, Susan's parents, the Cox family, like, yeah, uh, Josh is the one that did it. Let's be real. So yeah, stop playing exactly. games. Can you turn yourself
0: in? Exactly. Like, once oh. they, like, let some time pass, I think, like, maybe a few months. But, like, once he moved, like, mm-hmm. especially because Susan's family is from Washington, too. Like, yeah, that's where they met, right? Yeah, they all live Washington. up there. So, yeah. So, the house that Josh moved into with his dad not only houses him and his kids, his dad, but also his two brothers and his sister. It sounds like your house. Right?
1: <laughs> and honestly, it does.
0: Like, there's always people living with us. So, by August 2010, it's announced that so far the police have spent at least... 6,850 man-hours to date searching for Susan, which has cost over $150,000, and they have five of the department's 28 detectives assigned full-time investigating her disappearance.
1: Okay, I'd also like to state, like, I'm not gonna, like, I'm not trying to be rude, but I don't know how missing crimes go, but that sounds like a lot of people. Right, it does. And for missing people, and they think that like it's foul play and something actually bad happened, not that she just ran off. You know, they wouldn't have that many detectives. They obviously suspect like something something bad happened. They probably are following people. Yeah, (laughs) Josh, you know, (laughs) like so. I bet since there's so many people in the case, so much
0: money like poured into this. Like, I think they know more. It definitely had to be one of those things. And that's what's frustrating. But then I I see the purpose of it where, like, the police will know so much information. And they're going to give out maybe, like, 10% of it to the public. But then they have all of these things. And then it's, like, sometimes later on you find out, like, well, if you had been honest with all of the information you had, this could have been solved a long time ago. Like, when when things like that happen. It gets so
1: frustrating. That literally happened, like, recently in the news. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, remember Elizabeth Smart? She was the girl who went. She missing. was on the mass Singer. She, she was just on <laughs> no, was the so mass funny. dancer. Oh, well, was dancer. <laughs> yeah. Was like, what? So, anyway, Susan's <laughs> dad actually gets together with Elizabeth's dad because at the time Elizabeth was still, was she back yet or something? I don't know what she was. But together they advocate for missing people and they promote a legislation that says that anyone listed as a suspect should be required to submit to DNA. Which would involve Josh, because at this point, I don't know if they had taken his DNA yet. I don't know. I know at one point in time, he did say yes. Yeah. But anyways. Again, the
1: whole beard thing. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know how that works, but yes, agreed. Agreed. So a year later, um, a website for Susan actually pops up with anonymous posts in which they defend Josh's honor. And these posts that are made come up with this wild theory that Susan's actually in Brazil and she left with her lover, who was another man who is also missing. Now, mind you, there is nothing, there is nothing that can correlate you or connect these cases. He just so happened to be a missing man around the same week as Susan. I mean, where? wait, is this man, like, local? I don't know if they were, like, from the same area. I All I know is the fact that, like, he went missing the same week. Susan went missing. So someone along the way was like, well, obviously these two have run off and they've gotten married and they're living in Brazil. And that's become, like, the story that Josh's family is running with. They're like, oh, it's been three years. She's obviously, she's moved on. Not that she's deceased. Mm. Their first thing is, oh, she must have left her husband. And her kids. And her kids. And, you know, it's 2009, so it's not like it's 1945 when this is actually possible yeah. and you could just ditch. Like, there's so many ways of tracing people, so I just think that this is bananas, that this is even happening. And Well, she did write in her journal that, like, you know,
1: she was not having a good marriage, and her uh, husband's father, her father-in-law, was, like, creepy, so that makes sense to me.
0: I was going to say, whose side are you freaking on? It was like, a joke.
1: <laughs> I was being sarcastic. I mean... Is that what they said? They're like, look at these journal pages. She said she doesn't like Josh. She um, ran away to someone
0: else. That's probably their case. They're jumping the gun, but yes, they do actually take her journals and, like, use them against her. So they go even as far by saying, like, the two must be married by now, and they've started a new life. Like, that's the story that they're running with, and anyways. So we, we both know that's, like, not true. Yeah, totally not okay. true. Okay. So, eventually, word gets around to the cops that Stephen, who is the father-in-law, Josh's dad, is kind of a hot mess. Like, people are kind of like, hey, maybe you should look into Stephen. Like, he's a weirdo. So, (laughs) they get what they need in order to seize his computer, where they find 4,500 images just of Susan, sometimes zoomed in on specific body
1: parts. Are you saying that, like, specific body parts, like, specific body parts, or, like,
0: her elbow? No, probably, like her boobies and her, oh okay. So it was her, like, like specific downstairs. body parts, like, yeah, like zoomed in just on like on her Ugh. On- Ugh. And 4, images just have Susan. okay, I'm sorry. I've been married for almost eleven years now, and I think I have maybe a thousand pictures of my spouse on my phone. I can
1: promise you that Tanner's dad has no picture of me.
0: <laughs> I can promise you that. No, Where I was- my friends on Facebook? I'm just saying like, I'm just saying like I've been with somebody for a really freaking long time and yeah. I don't even I don't even have that many images of my kids combined like I don't know if Kelly has a picture of Tanner on his phone <laughs> yeah it's,
1: anyway it's, it's just weird that's so, weird that yeah. is, I agree that is super duper weird um and you know what? I think it's an extra step weird if it's like on his computer yeah exactly that's like an extra step you had to do because you had to take the picture and upload it to your computer, to your computer.
0: like that just adds another step of creepy i don't know yeah so they also learned that josh's brother just so happened to be discarding a vehicle in pendleton oregon to a junkyard and this took place shortly after susan's disappearance and 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 the brother ordered satellite images of the junkyard like
1: what the, what what satellite
0: it, what People yeah do that back then get the order? In them? 2009. Like, he, you did, like, order he them? did like Google Earth. Maybe you couldn't get them, but like, did some sort of something where he got surveillance of the junkyard of the vehicle. Like, how is that not suspicious? Like, that's so freaking weird. So, it's super
1: random. It's Pendleton, Oregon, not next to anywhere.
0: Yeah. They're from. So, of course, the authorities get in there with a the cadaver dog, and guess what? They smell a decomposing body. However, Test results are inconclusive, so that trail in Oregon ends. I totally did a dad joke. And I think it went way over your head.
1: Well, I don't get my
0: joke. <laughs> no, Your joke the sucks. Ju- the trail in Oregon ends, the Oregon trail.
1: Yeah, I understand. I went to fourth grade, but like.
0: Oh, I thought it was so funny.
1: Is this is that today's episode of Tristan? You know what I'm talking about, the Oregon Trail. Yeah, I know the Oregon Trail. Gosh, I almost did not graduate or pass fourth grade, but I went. Oh gosh,
0: that was good. Okay, okay, (laughs) whatever. All right, so um, I have to compose myself. Really? (laughs) It's that funny? It's. I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So sometime in 2011, Josh's family and Susan's family start a nasty feud in which both of the families get court orders to stay 500 feet away from each other.
1: Gosh, like physical feud? Like yeah, to, like, I'm gonna come to your house and beat well, you up?
0: And I've actually like seen videos where Susan's family are out and they have like posters or something mm. and are doing like a missing thing and then the freaking Steven shows up and tries to like rain on their parade and is like ooh, because you're looking for your missing daughter, it's making my, my son look bad. Well, maybe your son shouldn't be sketchy. How about that? I was like, Stephen, you have your own worries to worry about.
1: Yeah. I can just totally picture Stephen, they're like, driving by, throwing a Slurpee at them or something
0: in his car. <laughs> no, he, like, gets <laughs> out, and he, like, brings news crews, and he's like, brings news crews? We're going to go have a, a talk with the Cox family. And it's like, boy, get yourself back in your car. Like, oh what are you gosh. doing? gosh. Like, Where's guy... Mari at? This sounds awesome. <sighs> this is like no, a great episode. This is like, okay, but, no, it gets worse. So, disgustingly, Stephen becomes center of attention again now because he claims that he – was starting something with Susan, and she reciprocated. Now, to me, (laughs) it just sounds like these fools are just doing anything and everything to destroy the name and the memory of Susan. Mind you, there's still two little boys who are missing their mom. So, like, that's the thing that gets me really mad is, like, how could you be so disgustingly full of yourself that you're not even thinking about your actions and your grandsons are watching this? Like,
1: I still don't understand the fact of, Oh yeah. Well, I hit on my <laughs> daughter in law, and she wanted me because I wanted her first. Like that doesn't look good in your court. That, <laughs> oh. Why are you saying that? You could have at least lied and said she <laughs> went on to you. Why would you say like, oh, I? No, it was me. It was me. I got a game. That no. just makes you know what that makes you a higher suspect. That just makes you like a higher suspect into why oh Susan hates you and didn't like you.
0: Yeah. No. No and wonder it... you would kill her off. Like. But it also – they went as far – and this is what I was saying. They went as far as taking some of her journals and, like, posting them online from when she was a teenager to prove that she was a mess. Which, thankfully, like, a judge, like, shut that down super fast. And they said that they were no longer allowed to post anything of Susan's anymore. But seriously, you're going to take something from when she was a teenager, which – Teenager, teenagers are all hot messes. Like, they're all a mess. They all say stupid things. They all do dumb things. Like, you're going to take that and use that against her for why she's missing now? Like, it's so stupid. Yeah. So, finally, something happens. And, sadly, it's not a break in the case. Even though the police had searched local abandoned mines for, like, two days, they invited the media but still couldn't find anything. But, thankfully, Stephen gets arrested. Did so, he throw punches? Did he break the court order five hundred feet away? No. So listen, um, it's a super long quote, but it's super informational. So Tristan, why don't you read it for us? Okay.
1: There's already a first word in there. Like I don't know how to pronounce that, but well, I will try. And I quote: On September 22nd, Steven was arrested on charges of voyeurism, voyeurism, and child pornography, after police found evidence that he had secretly videotaped numerous women and young women. Lo- Young girls, including Susan. It was said that Joshua was a subject in the child pornography investigation. A friend of Steven claimed that he was preoccupied with pornography and was hung up on Susan
0: sexually. End quote. So voyeurism is when somebody like gets off by like being like um, invading the privacy or like like secretly, Yeah, like secretly doing something. So, yeah. So at that point, Susan's parents, they file for custody of the kids. Praise the Lord. And he is granted temporary custody, like the dad. So the judge also told Josh that he had to move out of his dad's house if he ever wanted to see his kids again. Now, it said he was a total douche, and so he goes and he rents a house to make it look like he had his own place, but he never really left. Like, ew, why would you even stay there? Why would you want to stay there? Wait,
1: why are you spending money to rent a house to look like you have a house? So that
0: he could get custody of his kids, so that he could see his kids. Well, wait, what? So there's just so much wrong with this. Like, I just, I can't. It's a waste of money. Yeah, so he, like, totally goes and he, like, gets this house to rent. But never moves in. But never moves in, but then has it there to make it look like, okay, according to the courts, like I did the right thing and I have this house now. And you got fired from your job. Yeah. So there's just a, yeah. Late 2011, another thing relative to the case comes up when one of Josh's sisters, not the one who lived with him, believed that Josh was responsible for the death of Susan. Along with the sister who did live with him. She also was like, yeah, that's probably true. But then later withdraws and said that, oh, she was just pressured by the media. Hmm. Okay, sure, Janet. I'm like, whatever. Like, why would you even? Who's Jan- Janet? It's just like, okay, Janet. All right, Nancy. Just send It's me.
1: sure, Janet. That's like an actual thing. Sure, from, Jan? I think it's from, uh, I don't know. I never seen a show.
0: Uh, I know what show you're talking about. Yeah,
1: what? <laughs> sure, Jan is a thing. Sure, Janet. <laughs> I put Janet. All right. I feel like an old person. Who's Janet? <laughs> I'm so confused. Anyway. Okay. So, I, I get what you're saying. So the
0: sister, her name's not Janet. The no, Janet. one sister is Elena, and I don't remember what the other sister's name is. Okay, as long as their names. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Anyway. So also in 2011, they do a full evaluation of Josh, and they determine that he was he was an adequate parent. He had de- decent work history and no history of violence. However. They also sound a bunch of words, which to me just makes it sound like he's a full-blown narcissist. And for those of you who want to know specifics, here you go. And I quote, Josh's failure to admit to the normal personal shortcomings, his overbearing behavior with his sons, and his persistence, defensiveness, and paranoia. The initial recommendation was for Joshua to have visitation with his sons several times a week, supervised by a social worker, end quote. Okay, so like the things you listed...
1: They're not very specific. I want to know more details. His overbearing behavior with his sons.
0: What do you do? I don't know. That's all. And the got. paranoia. What is he paranoid about? I would uh, love well, to know. It's just basically saying that he's like a he has a very like paranoid like personality. Like he's constantly paranoid about everything. That he Maybe does. because. Maybe he's, because he's a mm-hmm. guilty yeah, of something. he's a serial killer, but he's not a serial killer. He's just a bad human. Mm, guilty conscious, maybe? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So, the fact that this guy's even allowed to be near his kids when he's being looked at as a suspect for murder is completely beyond me. Like, hi. I don't think that should be allowed. They took Diane's kids from hers when she was looked at as, as a murder suspect. Like, this is 2011 now. It's only a
1: year after. Right.
0: No, this is 2011. So this is. 2 years after, No, 2 years
1: after. Still but like still, pretty close. Yeah, and like she's still why? Missing.
0: Yeah, she's still missing no one. There's no clue, no anything like I'm sorry, you shouldn't even get to see your kids because anyways. So, January 2012, the police found some disturbing things on the Powell family computer, including 400 <laughs> images of child pornography. But these were not illegal because they were in cartoon hand-drawn form. What? Yeah. <sighs> to which what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> and that's also around the time that Michael, who was Josh's brother, who lived with him, created a Google site page in which he said that Susan's family was neglecting and harming the boys. And then there was a mishap in the way the police handled everything. But thankfully, Google did take down the site due to, like, violations. So, like, Google. No, not Google. So, Michael, like, totally makes up this fake website because they're all angry that Susan's family had the boys. Mm-hmm. And so they make, like, this fake thing to say, like, oh, look, like, they're bad and they're not taking good care of the boys. And, like, we have all this proof and all this stuff. Like, made a website for it because they're that. These people are ahead of their times,
1: honestly. Let's be real. Yeah. That's a very ahead of their times thing to do. I can see people doing that now. Yeah. But, okay, so, like, there's just been, like, a lot of history between, like, everything going on with these two families and craziness. So just to, like, confirm. Yeah. Let's do it. Susan goes missing. Yes. Josh moves the boys to Washington. Yes. Moves in with his father-in-law. Or no, his actual dad. Susan's father-in-law. That was creepy. Yes. Yes. And then the Cox family, Susan's family, parents, are also in Washington as well. Yes. Susan is still missing in Utah. Yes. The both families, the Cox family and the Powell family, end up butting heads because... They kind of think the Cox family kind of assumes that Josh has something to do with it because, let's be real, a he has something to do with it. Yeah. Um, and now the Powell family's mad because they're ruining Josh's name. So <laughs> yes, Stephen, Josh's father, decides to take matters in his own hands and he tries
0: to tell the media that Josh is innocent, yada yada yada, and. Right? And, yeah, and kind of just, like, paints this picture that, like, Susan was a problem. But really, yes. but really all he does, Stephen just makes it out to be like, no, dude, you're a freak. Like, you, you made it you, worse. Did, yeah, yes. you totally made it worse for yourself, for your son, for your family. Because, like, you came out to being.
1: He admitted to going after Susan and hitting yeah. on her. Yeah. And her being like, no, dude, you're old. Or, yeah. no, no, wait, he said that she did like him. But that's a lie. But that's a lie. Yeah. yeah.
0: She didn't because her journals
1: even say, like,
0: he's a freak. He's creepy.
1: Joke's on him because it pretty much helps cause an investigation into Stephen, the creepy father-in-law. Yes. In which they discover that he has a child pornography problem.
0: On top of all of the weird freaking things that he had against her. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So he ends up going to jail. Let's be real.
0: Yeah. She's a mess.
1: Yeah. So then it goes down to... Now we're in the second section
0: of... The brother. The brother. Which go back to the sketchy car that magically was found in Pendleton with images a week after Susan disappeared. Yeah. They, so they get out of a car a week after and Susan then, disappears. And then later he makes that website that is like, oh, Susan's family, they're abusing the boys. Mm-hmm. So the boys should be taken away. And... Josh and his dad and most likely his brother were posting Susan's personal journals to try to use them against her. Yes. Yeah.
1: You know that meme with the guy? I think, I don't know who he is, but there's like the map and he like, that's how I feel right now. Like the points and he like looks crazy. That's how I feel right now. In this case, like I think that was literally the worst recap ever, but
0: that's what you missed on Glee. Let's (laughs) go. Here we are. Okay. So, for a while, I feel like we've definitely been in crazy town, but we're about to head straight into sad town. So, here is a small disclaimer for what we are about to share with you it involves children. So, if that is in any way a trigger for you, then you may now be dismissed. For the rest of you, weirdos, here we go. So, on the morning of February 5th, 2012, a woman by the name of Elizabeth she's a social worker, brought the boys to the home of their father, Josh, to have their scheduled supervised visitation. Now, previously, the boys made mention to their grandparents how they didn't really want to go see their dad. I don't know if there was anything particular mentioned. All I know is they were fine just staying where they were. Like They seemed to be pretty happy with their grandparents. Mm-hmm. Now, they arrive, the boys jump out of the car, and they run to the house. Elizabeth follows suit, only to have Josh slam the door right in her face. She knocks, she can hear some commotion, but she can't get through the door. Weird. Okay. So this is the saddest part of the entire thing. Was this
1: like the only time that they like physically, like, you know, announced, like, we don't really want to go to our dads? See, that's what I mean. Because they've had visits before. Yeah. Because there's court ordered like a year ago that they have to have visits.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. And I don't know because we've had... We've, okay, so we had foster care kids. I don't know if you really remember it. So I remember whenever there was visits, it was like, well, you were little. Shut up.
1: I was just to say like, dude. But
0: Why do you think I was like, but when they morning, would do that, youngster. when mom would take the kids, like they had scheduled supervised visits like at CPS. It was not like a, yeah. oh, mom would take them to the house. Like that was never allowed. So I didn't even realize that you could have supervised visits outside of a facility. Like, that's news to me. I really didn't know that. I thought that they all, like, supervised visits meant, like, no, you go to a place and you have, like, a little room where you get to hang out with the kids. So,
1: anyways. Interesting. It's really also interesting. I mean, they didn't want to go, but the boys jumped out of the car and ran into the house. Seem like yeah, so that though.
0: that makes it seem, to me, makes it seem like this had been kind of a thing. Like, they knew the drill of, like, all right, let's go. Yeah, They get out of the car. They go so run they to the door kind of thing. Had like Had to have been there before. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so carry on. this is the saddest part of the entire thing. So Elizabeth, the social worker, instantly realizes, like, hey, something's not right. So she calls 911, and what happens next is absolutely terrifying. So while she's on the phone, literally requesting help, she hears the kids start crying. So then she starts freaking out. They're freaking out, I'm freaking out, and then suddenly there's a huge explosion and the house goes up in giant flames. See, that's like actually such a, what a twist, right? Y'all ready for that? So, oh my God, just to be that like, person? Yeah, to be like, I. Again, you've worked with kids. I work with kids. Like that's one of my biggest fears in working with kids is that something wrong will happen with a child that's not mine. That like something bad. No, that honestly like something bad would happen and I'm the one responsible for that kid. Yeah. Like that terrifies me every single day. Like, And I feel like it had to be one of those things like it all
1: happened so fast. Like the kids ran inside. Like, you know, like when you get out of the car and the kids are literally like, freaking a mile away from you and you're like i'm old i'm gonna yeah
0: turn oh my off gosh the like car. mom some people <laughs> like you don't even like turn off the car yet and the kids are already out you know what i mean yeah my kids start ripping off seatbelts the second i like touch the driveway which drives me crazy you just crash into the garage just teach them lesson. The oh school. my god <laughs> it's really extreme
1: <laughs> but yeah no like, some, like i could just imagine like okay we're here puts the car in park and the guys are the kids are literally out the car door like running yeah and they're like
0: Okay, whatever. And oh, that's like so scary. Yeah. So what's worse is that these 911 calls are actually recorded and dear lord, the person on the other end. Let me just say like Elizabeth was so patient. And yes, you guys can go online and you can find these 911 phone calls. I don't know if you've heard them, but I've heard them before. Yeah, I've heard like multiple times and seriously, I want to like reach through the other hand, the other line and like strangle the dude on the other side. Like the way that he handled the situation, uh, I don't know. So if this was me, I would also be super embarrassed for the way that this call was handled. Like if I was his superior, I worked with him or something like that. Like I don't even care if he followed protocol or whatever. It's just insane. He's unkind, he's rude. He talks to her like she's making it up and she's freaking out because she doesn't know the andre- the address and so she's scrambling like can you help me can't you just track me like can't you find out where i am at and he's like nope sorry like i just can picture how this dipwad was probably like sitting there like filing his nails or something and has like zero empathy for this woman so well just to be diplomatic i know like you know when you're a
1: 911 operator you're supposed to be calm and like
0: yeah but this it's guy- better if
1: you're calm Yeah, because of the person, especially the person on the other side of the phone is like freaking out. See, that's why I don't think I could be a 911 operator. I could just be like, oh, no, my tree in my front yard's on fire. Like, oh, my God, the tree's in your front yard on fire. And she's like, have you called someone? (laughs) Have you you called 911? (laughs) But I don't know.
0: I think you're supposed to like. Okay, but it's like, it's totally that you, have, it's just the tone of this guy's voice. Like, I hate it. I hate his Maybe tone. Talks like that. Because like I said, it just sounds like he's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, what? Okay. Yeah, I can't do that. I don't know. Like, he has zero empathy whatsoever. And I've had a high stress phone call with a person on the other side where I was freaking out. And Homie was still calm, but he was still kind to me. Like he was reassuring and he's like, Taylor, it's going to be okay. Cause obviously he knew my name and he's like, you just have to breathe. You just have to slow down. Like he was very like helpful, but this guy, like if I had this guy, Oh, for sure. I would have been.
1: I mean, the only time I've called 911 is to report a tree on fire. That's why my (laughs) (laughs) example was the trees on fire. fire? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, let me, let's read, let's read. So Tristan, why don't you
0: read a quote from the call?
1: (sighs) And I quote, who is there to exercise the visitation? He asked. I am, she said. Elizabeth. The visit is with Josh Powell, and he's the husband of, and who is supervising? He asked. I supervise, Elizabeth said. So you supervise, you're doing the visit, you supervise yourself. (laughs) That's
0: what I mean. Like, what? (laughs) What? She's saying, Dang. hey, I need 911 here right now. And he's like, oh, you supervise yourself? Is that what you do? You supervise yourself, really? Okay, he like, does kind of an attitude. He does. I forgot he says that. Oh, my gosh. So she says, I supervise
1: myself. I'm the supervisor here. He goes, oh, wait a minute. If it's a supervised vid- visit, you can't supervise yourself if you're the visitor. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That confuses me Oh, that. my gosh. <laughs> After getting it straight, the dispatcher told her, we'll have someone look for you there.
0: Yeah. That's reassuring. And she's, like I said, like, if you listen to her, like, she's panicked. She's like, hey, I just got here. I'm supposed to have a supervised visit. He shut the door on me. He won't let me in. He can't be alone with the kids. That's what he said. she's saying. And he's like, well, what, what address are you at? Where are you at? And she's like, honestly, I don't know where I'm at. Like, I don't know the address. Where's and her clipboard? And that's what, where he's like, what, you don't know where you're at? What do you mean you don't know where you're at? And she's like, well, I can go look for it, but can't you, like, look for me? Like, I don't want to – she's basically, like, saying, I don't want to leave them. I'm standing in front of the door. I don't want to go back to the car to get the clipboard to find out where the address is because she didn't even get time to, like, grab her things because she was trying to race to the door where the kids are. That's when the kids start crying, and she's like, no, something's wrong here. Like, you really need to get here, like, right now. And, again, he's like a little snatch face, and he's like, well – Shouldn't you have gotten in, like, faster? And, like, I don't know. It's it's really difficult, and we'll talk about it in, like, future episodes. Like, our whole system nationally is a mess with, like, kids and DHS and checking on things. Like, there's a lot of times where things, like, slip through the cracks. But this is difficult because she's trying. Like, she's trying to do the right thing, and still something bad happened. When she didn't even get a chance to try to do it right. Because, like, even if she had the address right there, like, he's not taking
1: her seriously. I know. I was to say, I don't – I'm kind of like oh – I don't know. I'm like – 30% like with this guy, but mostly not with this guy because he does have an attitude, yada, yada. But at the same time, like, yeah, if I was one and be like, ma'am, you don't know what address you're vi- having a visitation at? Like, do you not have your papers right there? Yeah. I would ask the same question. Like, lady, it's faster for me to have you tell me the address than like magically try to find you. I was going to say, but I just think it's trash. But I
0: think he does have an attitude. 2009, yeah. He has an attitude. He totally could have had access to that. And I see her point where she's like, hey, the kids ran in so she just tried to race after them she doesn't have it right in front of her she doesn't have this address memorized like if she's a supervisor she probably has to do dozens of these so she probably has a dozen different addresses she has to go to like i just i just i want to punch this guy right in the boob like i just he drives me crazy and I, I still have sympathy for him you you can keep your sympathy for him cuz i have zero like <laughs> All my sympathy goes to Elizabeth and I feel awful for her that she had to be in this situation because I think, again, it's like wrong place, wrong time. And I've had situations, you know, like where a kid has done something after I've already said, no, don't do that. They do that. And then they almost get hurt. And like, I have a heart attack because I'm responsible for you. And in this case, she was responsible for these kids. And obviously the worst happened. So, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I'm really bad at playing, like, both sides. Because I've had plays where people talk to me on the phone, and I'm like, I literally have no idea what you're telling me. This yeah. isn't comprehending. You have to, like, what are you talking about? I don't understand that. Yeah. Because he was like, wait, you're the supervisor? What do you mean?
0: But he's I feel like he wasted so much freaking time, and the time that he's sitting around, like, whoa, oh, you supervise yourself? And it's like, once, got a but of once you find out what happened to those kids,
1: oh yeah, he probably hates himself. Like yeah, and then the you're time. like, like oh my gosh, literally like
0: this was the wrong time to have a bad day, like for him, like your whatever. Not to say that if he would have done everything right, that it magically wouldn't have happened. Well, how long was that phone call? Uh, I think it was, like, eight or nine minutes. Oh, God. Like, it was a really long That's phone call.
1: That's not right. No, never mind. I, my whole opinion changed. <laughs> I thought it was, like, a two-minute phone call. Like, okay, let's be real. Like, could no, anything happen? No, like, they happen? were
0: on the phone for a long time. And she called before – like, she called as soon as Josh slammed the door in her face and was like, hey, this doesn't feel right, before anything had happened. So well, minutes later, that. of course, the house explodes. And apparently, not long before the fire, Josh wrote um, – emails to his siblings and friends saying, I'm sorry and goodbye. So clearly it was a planned attack. And it isn't until after the fire ceases that they learned that Josh actually attacked the boys with a hatchet before becoming consumed by carbon monoxide. So also prior to the boys arrival, he doused the home in flame accelerant. Oh, I didn't know he like acts the kids. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like when the kids were screaming and Elizabeth was on the phone Ugh. and like, yeah, they were being hacked up by their freaking father, and this bit, this guy on the phone wants to be like, Oh, you supervise yourself? Like, that's where I get all caught and bothered. You then not explain very well. We should have listened to this and then done the
1: supervised call.
0: Well, I was trying to paint a picture. Let's not paint a picture. Yeah, it is painting a picture. The picture is the kids are getting hacked up. Yeah. So anyway, this one's super hard and I'm so sad for the Cox family. Not only did they lose their daughter and all the answers of what happened to her, but it took three whole years later and he murders the only thing that they have left of their daughter by taking the grandkids to. And like, I don't know, like, I think he's just a coward. I don't know. I mean, some might say that they're happy he's dead, but I think it's all a cop out and I feel like he got the easy way out. Like, if you don't value someone else's life, then clearly you don't value yours. So, suicide is an easy way out. And I'm angry that he doesn't ever have to suffer any consequences. Like, nothing's ever going to bring Susan or those boys back, but I wish Hugh had to pay some sort of price. Like, I don't think his l- life was equivalent to all of theirs, if that makes sense. Wait. What? So, they didn't find Susan?
1: No. They're not going to find Susan? They don't think it was him?
0: No, we don't know.
1: We don't know.
0: I still think it was him. We all know it was him. Yeah, I still think it was him, and I think he killed himself. He because... charged with no body. Yeah, I know, but he's dead now, so it doesn't matter. No, you still charge him. I mean, <laughs> sure. You can still. Sure, Jan. I would. <laughs> so it was said that Stephen, who was Josh's dad, uh, was still in jail, learned about what happened, and, like, legit didn't care. Was like, <laughs> oh, all right. And since his son's death, he's pleaded the fifth as far as anything that has to do with Susan. Again, like, Steven, you're so dumb. Now we know you know what happened because you won't freaking talk. And now your son's dead. And it was also said that Josh withdrew a bunch of money and left instructions as to what to do with everything as far as his affairs go after he died. And he left his brother Michael as a beneficiary to his life insurance policy. Like, I hope you didn't get life insurance money for that guy. Like, his life... Isn't worth anything. How does that work? If you commit suicide, is there still, like, life insurance? Yeah. I don't know. Because what if he took out a million-dollar life insurance and then he blew himself up? And then killed himself so that he could give it to his brother? I don't know. But here's here's Hmm. the thing. So roughly a year after all the mayhem, Michael actually, too, uh, took his own life by jumping off a building. So Michael's dead, too. Oh, my gosh. Some even believe that Michael must have either known or more likely had been an accomplice to Susan's murder, hence the whole, like, car thing. So um, May 21st of 2013, they officially closed the case of Susan. One of Josh's sisters actually wrote a book, and the Cox family filed a lawsuit in order to win the estate of their daughter because – I don't even understand this – because the Powell family was in charge of Susan's estate which makes zero sense to me because a their son was a suspect in the murder and B everybody else is dead. So like why, but it, it ended up being Josh's mom and Josh's sister who were in charge of, in charge of Susan's estate
1: That's and weird. all of her
0: affairs. And so the Cox family literally had to go to court. I thought
1: she wrote a secret will. Where'd her secret
0: will go? I don't know. I don't know if it mattered. I don't know if it was irrelevant. Like I have no idea, but it did end up that Susan's family was like fighting To get her estate back in their name. Maybe like a will doesn't work unless you're officially dead. Because they're
1: not officially. Did they officially. No. And that's the thing.
0: Her in-laws. The in-laws. The mom and the sister were working on declaring her legally dead. So they could collect her insurance money. Like nice work ladies. Wait. I'm so confused. Yeah. The mom and the sister. So Josh's mom and Josh's sister we're trying to declare susan legally dead so where's her will if she's so dead that they she could, her will should kick in well they the cox family doesn't want her to be legally declared dead because she's missing and they still have no idea what happened but the powell family was trying to do it because they wanted the insurance money yeah but i'm just saying if she's legally dead then when not her will
1: kick in i doubt her will says give the insurance money to yeah i mean family. i don't know
0: i don't know how that works anyway so, they were going after the state of Washington too for even allowing the kids to have any type of visitation with their dad because he was a suspect in the murder of their mom. Like, seriously, guys, I mean, sure, fine. He can see his kids, but definitely not in his own house. Like, I don't think that they should have ever allowed him to have them at home at all. Should have been like in jail where he belongs. Yeah, <laughs> through actually, a classroom right screen over the phone. Or something where the kids are safe because this, like, this is exactly why. Like, Yes, this is a worst case scenario, but guess what? It happened. So we have cases like this to look at. So it's just, I don't know. Did anything come from this? Do they make a new rule because of it? I think that they're in the process of it. I don't know still. Uh, Yeah. So Stephen died in 2018 after being released in 2017, which eh, I have nothing nice to say. He was released in 2017? Was, Stephen was, yeah. So... Stephen was released in 2017. Josh still has his two sisters, his mom, but one of his brothers is dead, and yeah, like, he's dead. and he's dead. And of course, we have still have no idea what happened to Susan. It's probably going to remain a mystery until somebody comes forward, someone sees something, we find her body. Like, that's one thing that I want to know. Like, I want, I, I want to find her body. body we yeah. need to find her body because then we can determine like what happened to her. And okay, so. Here's is, a little is thing. There
1: theories of where the body is?
0: Um, so there is a podcast. I didn't listen to it, but I tried to, like, do some research on it to see if I could get the story without having to listen to it because it's, like, a ton of episodes long, and I don't have that cheater, time. Cheater,
1: cheater, pumpkin eater.
0: Yeah, so this guy actually did it, and apparently – but basically, this guy um, – this guy did his own, like, detective sleuthing or whatever, And in the video that Susan made back in 2008, she kind of goes through, because the the Powell family had to file bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And then Josh went and opened up, like, a Home Depot credit card and, like, charged, like, thousands of dollars on it for all of these tools. Mm -hmm. And all of these tools were in their garage. Mm -hmm. Now, when you go through, you see all the tools are there, right? Mm -hmm. But then when Susan went missing and they pulled all of these things from – Um, the house, like the police came and pulled all the stuff from the house, one of the drill impacts is missing. So apparently someone went out to the campsite, I believe, or somewhere else and found something that was burnt completely. Like it was a tool that had been completely burned down to like just little... They have Very this guy weapon. like has like pictures of it. So mm-hmm. he went and bought the same thing. Oh, and burnt it. And burnt it to see if it would look the way that it does. And it totally does. Like they Ooh. totally match up. So this guy on his own kind of believes that like this is what he used as the murder weapon. Then he tried to burn it. Oh, but awful. we still don't know where her body is. Like that doesn't that doesn't give us any answers mm-hmm. as to where her body is. But if we find her body, then we can figure out, okay, is this how she died? But again, the coward killed himself, so it's not like he's going to end up having... That's one of those things, like, do you really want to know what happened to her? Like, do you really want to know the answers? Or, because he's dead and everybody's gone now, do we just kind of want to close the book and, like, walk away and move on? Oh, Stephen's dead too now. Remember? Oh. Oh, he died. Yeah. So he's dead. Michael's dead. Josh is dead. Like, anybody who would have any information on it is already dead. So, other than the Lord... No one knows what happened. And that's what I mean. It'd be great if we could find her body, because yeah, sure, we could probably piece it together and figure out what happened. But until then, like we got nothing. Hmm. We got nothing. And there's no clue where the body is. That's what I mean. They they said they went and they checked like the mine shafts. They said they checked the campground. Like Can but that's play? what I don't even know if he actually went camping. He said he went camping, but that doesn't mean that he did. And it was winter.
1: Josh went not lie. I don't know. I think the car is suspicious.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And so was was her body put in the car? That's what I thought. Like that, whatever that van. That's why they took a satellite photo to make sure you can't see blood splattered. Yeah, and when they they took the cadaver dogs, like it smelled like Mm -hmm. death. But does that even mean that it was from that car? It could have been anybody's car. And like, yeah. Now do we just not know? Like, Hmm. is it going to be one of those things where like, if they had gone and searched? the junkyard or whatever at the time, would they have been able to find something? Dude, it's going to be
1: one of those things. I'm calling it now. I don't know when. Okay. Detective Tristan is on the case. Elliot Ness. Yep. Do you remember? I don't remember what the case is exactly, but I can't find what it it was, whatever, but my theory is that in like, you know, 20 years from now, you know, hopefully it
0: doesn't take that long, but
1: go, go ahead. Sorry. Shush. 20 years from now, I suspect that, you know, like how there's like literally like no open spaces in the world. We're all just consuming everything. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So somewhere where they went camping, wherever it is, they're going to build an apartment complex and they're going to uncover her somewhere out there. And then yeah, they're going to uncover so many bodies.
0: Let's be real. Yeah. Unless. Unless this is probably not feasible because he was in Utah. Unless he put her body into the ocean, because I feel like when things go into the ocean,
1: they're gone forever. Oh yeah, I don't know how they do that.
0: I don't know how they solve that. But I mean, in Utah, that's not really anywhere near any. Unless do they have like a
1: national forest, really BLM land? But if they came
0: up to Oregon, like that's not to say they didn't drive up the one hundred and one with her in the in that van wherever that van was. No, I don't know. Unless it's like, yeah, I guess it's a
1: national park or like BLM land you can't, can't like build on. What's BLM land? Uh, it's like the borough land management owns it or whatever. Like the government owns it. You don't like, no one will build on it. I guess yeah. maybe yeah. they can. I don't know how it works, but yeah, I guess maybe. But yeah. that's my theory. That at some point they're probably going to like build something, yada, 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 and they're going to get uncovered. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, this is it. This is Sad Town. It sucks. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. And it's wrong. But I don't know. Like, I don't know. Folks out there, what do you guys think? What do you think happened to her? Do you have any theories? Have you heard any different theories? Because, like, with what we have, I just – I agree with Tristan. Like, someone's going to find her body someday. We'll be able to map it out at that point. But until then, like, we're just sitting ducks, and that sucks. Yeah,
1: unless you put her body in, like, some crazy, like, South American – Island that literally no one's ever touched foot at. Like, which we're gonna he, I don't find even it. think,
0: yeah, I don't think he ever left the state. I mean, he could have. He could have. But, but, but he was there. Uh, I don't know. the The murder had to have taken place in Utah. Whether or not he kept her body in Utah, that's where I don't know. Like, the body could have been brought to Oregon. It could have been dumped off in mm-hmm. Idaho, anywhere. Like, there's so many places in between here and there that the body could have been dropped off somewhere. Or maybe he didn't do it. Maybe the brother did it.
1: Because he was questioned, like, the next day. Yeah. So he couldn't have time to transfer I say, the body the somewhere. Someone else Michael? would have had
0: to transfer the body. Yeah, I was going to say, did Michael just, like, fly down? Has anybody – well, he's dead now, too. So we should have checked that. Like, where was Michael? Where was Steven? Was it somebody else? I, mean, I bet did they did somebody check else? it, but... Yeah. See, that's what I mean. This is where the cops probably have more in their cards that they're hidden – and we're not gonna know until everything comes out, and it could have been solved a lot longer. But they're just De- but they did they declare it? Did they declare? I don't think
1: they've declared her dead yet. And there's it's still an open case. I think so. Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah, I thought this was an interesting case. I do like this case a lot. Um, it's a crazy twist at the end. It's just a like
0: it's a crazy twist, but it's so sad.
1: It's really sad. It's a very sad case. Yeah, and it, I don't know. Just, just, yeah. She's missing.
0: She's still a missing person.
1: She ran away.
0: She did, she did not run away. She is not living in Brazil. Could be. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, that was it for today. We thank you for listening, and we look forward to chatting it up with you again next week. Bye. Bye. Why is your toothbrush here? Wait, why is it on the table <laughs> What is that? Because I brushed my teeth. <laughs> oh.